Welcome guys to the MMOs.com podcast. This is Altai here with episode 99 and I'm joined this week by Omer. Matt. That's it. And that's the crowd. The three amigos today, both Shu and Gumby missing in action. But uh, we're going to start with the weekly raid as we always do. But this time, Mr. Altai will take it away. Mr. Altai will take it away. Uh... <clears throat> this week we're talking about gambling and the topic is is gambling the future of esports um all right so Omar's nodding his head yes there right, um, i gotta say this right away i'm a sure. I, I fucking love gambling and then i got a non-degenerate as, as non-degenerate as possible all right and there's nothing more fun than gambling on esports it's the most fun way of gambling even with like five ten dollars i'm sorry for derailing this for a moment but take it away no, no, I mean, you covered basically <coughs> uh, this. The, the reason we came up with this topic is a couple of twofold. One, um, I mentioned he has personal experience betting on esports. Uh, me, not, not as much, but I, you know, I, I do some of it through. Uh, he facilitates the gambling addiction. Um, and the reason this came up this week, though, was a little spat on the interwebs uh, where a guy at Wargaming, Muhammad Fadil, I guess he's a big shot over there at uh, Wargaming. He had a very nice and eloquent line for people who don't like betting in esports. He said, "You're stupid to say betting is bad." Boom! There it is. That's uh, he just came out with all guns ablazing there. Oh, you better watch out before Trump deports him. All right. <laughs> well, Mohammed I'm, uh, I'm sure he's somewhere in Europe. I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I, I actually kind of agree with him. Uh, if the, I don't know why companies are so afraid of just letting the gambling happen. I know Psyonix was worried about people betting on uh, Rocket League, even though like they weren't facilitating themselves, but like, they, they felt like kind of offended that people were betting on the games. But I mean, when people start betting <laughs> on your event, I mean, that's like a, that's a sign that your event or your game is becoming a real sport. It's becoming a real event. I mean, think how much betting goes on in like soccer games, uh, basketball games, any real sport. There's so much betting and it just, people care so much about the matches. They follow their teams so much. They want to bet on them. It really, it, it really, I think, bring it bonds like players to their teams more so. Like I, I feel like it only strengthens the bonds of the community if, if betting happens around it. So I am hundred percent with uh, Mr. Wargaming over here that if you don't if you don't like betting, uh, if you, you're stupid to say betting is bad. Amen. Preach on, brother. It's free publicity. <laughs> I feel uh, like you kind uh, of believe it though. I don't think it was a publicity here. stunt. No, I mean. Gambling is free oh, publicity. Yes, yes. Agreed, yes, agreed, yes. definitely. But anyways, here, here's the thing. There's only one case in which it's bad, right? And that's when, like Valve, you create a system in a way such that people can create other systems on top of your system mm -hmm. that then facilitate gambling. So Valve literally was facilitating gambling through Counter-Strike Go skins. I mean, that's different. There's a reason why Valve got in trouble for what the way they did because they weren't taking action against what was basically like an illegal gambling ring you know what i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna um, defend that i'm gonna defend that uh, <coughs> it's an illegal gambling ring you're right so by law they should have been they should not have done that and facilitated that but remember it was the seattle or washington government that went after them and it really shows you the divide on this issue between america on one side and europe on the other and wargaming of course is a is mainly european uh, endeavor and in Europe, you know, where am I? We're actually in Europe right now, in Turkey. Some people count that as Europe, some people don't. 
Um, sports books betting, sports betting, you can do it on your phone. There's there's TV advertising. You can bet all you want. Anybody, you know, twelve year old, boom, he can bet all his money if he wants on a, on a cell phone on a allowance on, on a soccer match. You know, no no one's stopping him. Uh, in America, oh, think of the children. Oh, think of the degenerate gambling. Oh no, think of the children. Yeah. Actually, you see the betting booths for uh, the sports betting, like in like, every like grocery store, like these small uh, convenience shops, or they accept sports bets like everywhere physically, as well as on your phone, of course. It's very liberal how much you can gamble in uh, in Turkey. And I think it's I think it's similar in Europe, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Hmm. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so I I think if Valve, um, well, I should say if if America had the same rules as Europe, Valve would not have been in trouble. For those um, Dota 2 and Counter Strike item betting sites, um, and maybe they could have done an in-game. They could have had a built-in gambling system right into the market, uh, so they get a cut of it. Who knows? I remember. Uh, I think my brother and I's biggest esports bet was back uh, quite a while ago. We bet five bitcoins, which at the time was worth five hundred dollars, right? Because at the time, one bitcoin was hundred dollars. We bet five bitcoins, so five hundred dollars worth. On a final match of Dota the International, we bet on Navi. I believe it was Navi versus um, frick, who was it? Some other team. The other team won though. And but the but the crazy thing is we lost five hundred bucks, which is a lot of money. But what's even more crazy is the price of bitcoins have gone up so much that now that five bitcoin bet was a six thousand dollar bet because each bitcoin is worth twelve hundred bucks now. So we essentially bet six thousand dollars and we lost in today's currency now. That was the biggest bet we've made, and unfortunately, it was a loser bet. All my big bets have, fo- have uh, fizzled <laughs> in esports betting, but it does make the games more exciting. <coughs> and I want to clarify: the guy's rank at uh, War Gaming is uh, head of global competitive gaming, so he's a big shot. Wow! <coughs> and I want to I want to clarify one thing: a few people in chat have mentioned it. In Europe, um, advertising. Gambling to minors under 18 is illegal, and I yeah. What I meant to say is gambling is much more open for adults, and uh, you know I'm sure kids take advantage of it too illegally. But basically, in America, if you guys don't know, you simply cannot bet on sports. There's only a few restricted areas where you can. Horse races, for example, you can bet on, and uh, in Vegas, you can bet on sports books. But most people in America, I don't care if they're 25 or 60, it is illegal for them to place these bets. So it's it's a crazy world in uh in America, guys. The Puritans really, you know, went their own way on that Mayflower. Really the fun for all of us. Yeah. 17 or 1660-whatever. Never forget. <laughs> I have no idea when the Mayflower. Isn't, uh, isn't that because they can't monitor it? Hmm? Like it's basically under the table money? Under the table? Well, well, what is Because it's illegal. If they made it legal, it'd be much more... No, like that's why it's... A- no, I'm saying, isn't that why it's illegal? Because if they don't accredit them or whatever, then um, they can't monitor it. Well, By making it illegal, them. you make it 100% un- unmonitorable. <clears throat> no, no, I'm saying, I, you, I mean, you, there is no legal way to do it in most U.S. states. Uh, mm-hmm. Like sports betting, for example. That, that is why they do it illegally uh, through European sports, sports books and stuff. And I think it's, just, I think it's a religion thing, uh, Matt. I think America just tends to be more religious in Europe uh, and it's just kind of a holdover from from that era I think I, I think pretty derps, pretty... I'm confused I think I'm confusing it with casinos casinos mm-hmm. it's still pretty crazy that you know, Blizzard tried the real money auction house with uh, Diablo 
And that's really the closest thing we got, like a big company kind of embracing some kind of real money transactions on a large <laughs> scale. I mean, besides obscure stuff like uh, Second Life, which is pretty pretty fringe at the moment. It's not huge. Or Planet Calypso and all those uh, other odd oddball real world like MMORPGs with real currencies. But uh, Blizzard very quickly wonder, backed off, that, as we've all seen. I wonder how that affects them tax wise. I'm sure if you, yeah, every time you make money, you would have to report it. But I mean, it's it's luckily the way it works in America is always you know the honor system. You got to report it yourself. Yeah, there's a funny. Somebody asked. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, somebody says, is Overwatch going free to play anytime soon? Uh, no, unfortunately not. Not yet. I'm still waiting on it, though. Well, still... not, now that we're in Europe, let's let's bet on it officially with money. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh-huh, we, we can. <laughs> How about this, guys? If you ever want to watch an Overwatch tournament and make bets, you can do it through us here in, uh, while we're still we'll here. We'll be your bookie. Yeah. We'll be once, your bookies. It can't be a bookie once we're back in America, though. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, back to this gambling topic. And uh, <coughs> Wargaming's uh, stance here. Uh, is is in stark contrast to another well-known studio, Psyonix of uh, Rocket League fame. They're trying to they're trying hard to make this an esport, and it's kind of catching on. It's a, still a very big title. They are vehemently against real money betting. So, just shows you uh, the contrast there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think we're all pretty pro betting here. So, is that much of a? I mean, it, it just seems. I'm indifferent. All right, one indifferent. I'm very pro betting. Let it happen. Why do you Not hate freedom, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to freedom to to gamble away all my winning, all, all my money. All right, I want to freedom to ruin my by life. By definition, by definition, indifference is not hate. <laughs> all right, I want to kind of steer this conversation to a really uh, fun topic. I think you mentioned this uh, while we we're gathering ideas. The article from uh, Mark Jacobs about uh, banning and the uh, gold spammers and whatnot. Because we talked in the past quite a bit about the... We had a bit of a conspiracy theory for Revelation Online that the only reason gold spam was so prevalent in Revelation was because they were working together with the gold sellers. That was a conspiracy we had because they, you know, back in early access, you had to buy the game to play. And had they banned the gold spammers, they would actually make money because these guys were spamming the chat. And if you banned them, they had to buy another copy of the game. So I think Gumby, we all kind of theorized that they might be working cahoots with them. And Aaron dug up an old article from Mark Jacobs. And if you want to introduce that article, Aaron, feel free. Sure. Mark Jacobs is um, is known for Dark Age of Camelot, Warhammer Online. And he's working on a game called Camelot Unchained currently, which is in uh, alpha development. In an article he wrote many years ago, uh, he touches on the subject uh, related to RMT, gold selling, like I'm we're saying. Uh, and Mark Jacobs is known in the industry as being vehemently against RMT. And so it's a very it's a very interesting article. I'll link it. You guys should probably read this if you're interested in this kind of stuff. But the, but the money shot for me was in the last paragraph where he says he was personally offered a lot of money to look the other way uh, for gold spammers in his games. And he said he was offered more money than he made on box sales of Warhammer Online. Now, Warhammer Online was a premium game with a subscription, and you had to buy the box. And while it did, didn't last long, got shut down eventually, uh, there was a lot of hype at the beginning. They sold a lot of boxes. And to think that the money he was offered for this game, um, you know, just to allow RMT, or not even, not, not even do it himself, just allow the spam, basically, uh, mm-hmm. kind of shows you how big the market for RMT is. And there's a lot of incentives if you're a free-to-play game, you know, publisher. 
you know, how big of a game, how much money can you make? You know, you got to run the game for years to make money selling, you know, $10, $20 uh, cosmetics or whatever. Or you can just look the other way and just have free money rolling in from the gold sellers. It's a very tempting uh, <laughs> offer, proposition. And I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of these companies have taken this offer. I really wish we could somehow find the data on how much money these gold sellers make. Because I feel like we would all be blown away. Like, even in more obscure games, like some of the more absurd games, I think the gold sellers and that market for RMT is bigger than we think. Mm-hmm. Like, it could be ginormous. And I wish, like, because it's kind of a gray market area, and usually these are overseas companies, it's very hard to figure out the numbers. And nobody's really reporting these numbers. So it's really impossible to tell. But, I mean, if you look at some private servers, actually, I mean, these obscure servers for various old games are shut down. Some of these private servers, you know, I've had friends in high school and whatnot run private servers. They make like five, ten grand a month on like with a pretty small player base. And these are just, you know, for dead games. So if, if you're selling these RMT services for popular games by spamming the chats, I mean, some of these websites probably make hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars a month. Mm-hmm. That is nuts. Yeah. And I was uh, like, we're opening a gold selling business. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find that because there was one giant gold selling website called IGE back in the day. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they're really around too much anymore, but they were making like hundreds of millions of dollars a year wow. and they were selling gold for wow. And they, they were the biggest one, I think, in the West, but they were, you know, it was still a very fragmented industry. There were a lot of smaller players, but if one company can make like over $50 million a year in revenue selling, you know, gold and whatnot in these games, you know, the market must be huge. That was back then, like 2006, and then, you know, the genre is bigger now, even though Western and more RPGs, big budget games especially, have been on the decline a bit. But overall, the market has increased quite a bit since like 2006. And most like I'm totally going to start selling shilling gold now for you guys. <laughs> right, well, that could be a good I think I'm sure we asked it before. Did we ask it before in a weekly rate of whether people uh, purchased gold through a third-party RMT site? Maybe that could be, <laughs> that could yeah, be a good, good one. Yeah. Pretty sure we have. I, I think people do view it negatively though. If you, I think it's almost viewed as yeah. cheating. Like if you buy gold, I mean, not if you like. If well, you it buy, is cheating. Uh, it's like against the TOS. I, yeah, yeah. If you if you, but if you listen, if you in in Black Desert Online, for example, if you buy items and sell them in the auction house, right, mm-hmm. you are essentially buying silver. Or if you just pay some some guy on a third party website to buy silver, and the way they buy silver for you is actually they log on your account and they they play for you, right, to grind silver. Essentially, aren't you doing the same thing? One is cheating, though, because it breaks the TOS. But the ultimate end result is the same. You end up with silver for cash. <laughs> and arguably, it might even be like, like, it might be less bad for the player economy because you're not introducing a new, you know, item in the auction house. You know, you're keeping the, 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 the item level stable. But one is cheating and one not. One, one's not. I mean, look, it's, it's, it's here's the thing. Mark Jacobs was very against uh, outside money affecting his game worlds, right? Mm-hmm. And that's one extreme position to take. And obviously it didn't work, right? Warhammer shut down. And Dayok is still around in some sense. And we'll see how Camelon Chain does. But it seems that the the, lash, the, the, the steps developers have to take now, like uh, BDO does, right? Where you know you can't really use auction house with properly you can't trade uh properly right and it's all done to uh stop rmt so that 
people have to li- literally log into your account and grind for you in order to, you know. Mm-hmm. So how how much inconvenience are we g- are willing to accept? How much lack of an economy are we willing to accept to, you know, to allow this kind of RMT or, or fight against RMT? Like, what is the middle ground? <laughs> the middle ground is, I think, what we're seeing already in games like Blade and Soul, games like Black Desert Online, where in one way or another, the, the developer or publisher itself is facilitating these kinds of transactions. In Black Desert, it's probably, they got a lot of hate when they first launched it, but now people are pretty chill about it. You know, you can buy items in the auction house and sell them for silver. They kind of limit how much you can do every every week, so you can't theoretically get infinite gold, infinite silver right away. Uh, and Blade and Soul, I think there's no limit to your cap, how much gold you can trade for your uh, NC coins. So those that I think that model is here to stay. And I think ultimately it's it's it shouldn't create a win-win at the end. I I don't like a lot of people complain that oh you just pay your way through Blade and Soul, right? But people can always buy gold RMT even without anti self facilitating. I think it's the it's the only way like, it's it's the best way to facilitate it because it, it's done in a way that allows free players to benefit as well. At least this way, free users can trade their in-game currency for premium currency, in which you know otherwise they may never have the chance to do. So I think that that that's that's the middle ground, and I think. People like Mark Jacobs would probably be a purist and would argue against it because he doesn't want any kind of real world money, info, you know, in, uh, impacting his game. Like, that's not going to fly anymore. It, it's it's a reality now, and I don't think you can really fight it. Even WoW embraced it too. With the you can trade your ten day, your fifty, your thirty day subscriptions for in game gold. Eve does it. Like when the biggest MRPG in the world is doing it, and some of the biggest free to play MRPGs are doing it. This is like almost industry industry standard now, I believe. Yep. There's no way so. avoiding it now. I'm curious what pl- like, what people think about that. I feel like most people, at first, when they hear their game, I know, again, with BDO, people really have their shitstorm for the first week, but I feel like it completely died down. People accepted it now. There's a shitstorm in Blade and Soul over it, too, but they kind of died down and accepted it, too. I think we're going to have a. I think there is a niche, though, for, pe- for a game that does a lot of vetting, right? So IP blocks for foreign countries, um, you know, it doesn't allow multiple IPs to connect to a single account. You know, really goes harsh on against RMT. There is a place for niche games like that, but unfortunately, that's what they're going to be—just really small niches, and everyone else has to deal with RMT as a reality. RMT as a reality. I mean, if you try fighting it too much, I hate the systems they do, like with with Tree and Savior and some of the BDO stuff, where like it restricts trade. Like, why restrict trade? Like, that's like a core part of an MRPG or what Diablo 3 does. Like, why can't I trade with friends and stuff? Like, that's such an integral part of an MMO for me, like, of the online experience in an MRPG. If you don't want to trade, that's like, that's one of the pillars of an MRPG for me. You take that away, it's not an MMO anymore in my heart. So I, I don't want to ever get to that extreme. Yeah, it works in Path of Exile. You can freely trade. There's no, yeah. like, bind on equip or anything. And people and there are there are stores, uh, there's websites that literally list every possible unique every you know and for a price you know you can just buy it, um, so it still works. So I mentioned uh, Jagex having an issue with that back in the day, and actually Jagex can kind of bring us to uh, the RuneScape data which came out this last week, which I thought was pretty cool. cool. Let me see. I'm actually really surprised they even actually published this because uh, if you guys weren't aware, Jagex was bought by a Chinese company. Uh, last uh, about a year ago, it's known by a Chinese company now. They actually released their uh, earnings for the year. Uh, they're a private company, and they don't have to release <laughs> these numbers.
numbers. <laughs> but they were basically, I guess they wanted to brag because uh, their revenues were up 28% in 2016. For It was a record performance. So despite the game being 15 years old, RuneScape made a pretty handsome profit. Uh, their total revenues were 74.4 million pounds, which I believe is 92 million US dollars. They made about they made about 32 million US dollars in profit and clean shutshing money. Now, have you guys seen that documentary? I have watched the first 20 minutes. I was just waiting to watch the rest with you when you know we're free. Uh, yeah, so there's a Barrels Jackets released a nice a nice one hour a full length I guess I should say documentary about RuneScape, uh, and I always love me some MMO documentaries. So if you guys haven't seen it yet, you know do do bookmark this one. Let me see how long this is. This is an hour and 23 minutes. Uh, and I highly recommend it. I watched 20 minutes. I loved it. It's really good. Uh, you can learn a lot about the history of not just RuneScape, actually, <coughs> but MMORPGs in general and early game design or development uh, in the 90s. I think the coolest thing you pointed out to me was the game was made at the start with like only two two brothers made the yes, whole game? Yes, two brothers made RuneScape. That's amazing that two people, especially when, you know, it's a 15-year-old game now. Back when I guess uh, engines weren't really a thing, you had to kind of develop everything by hand. Now we kind of like we can use like uh, third-party uh, like art and models for our games and use engines. I guess these guys kind of did everything from the scratch. You know, when MMOs were just taking off, their job was a lot harder back then. <coughs> you and, know, uh, go ahead. We sh you should also note that it wasn't just finances that were announced. Like they've, they're really beginning their like transformation into the western arm of a global gaming group as they said which is Zhangji Holding which is now Fukong Interactive Entertainment which I find that interesting so they they changed their name to Fukong Interactive Entertainment after they were originally a mining company right so <laughs> it's 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 a little odd that they they changed the entire company name but I mean we might see other games that they publish in China being brought west by Jagex because they're becoming the Western arm of this company. I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but it, it could very well signal that. And that's a pretty significant change. And also they have one of the worst logos I have ever seen. It's a really bad attempt to be minimalist and it's called Jagex, right? Mm -hmm. The X is what their logo is focused on. And I'm just sitting there like, why? Why the X? The, the lo oh, no, what I, I was gonna comment on this logo too. I I don't know. It's it's a little too too modern for me, you know. It looks like a YC for me. When I look at the X and the logo, it looks like the first one's a Y on the left side, and the, the <laughs> other one's a C. I, I'm, I don't even see an X there. Am I, am I? Maybe I'm just like blind. The whole thing, the whole thing is an X. I, I can see it now. I'm, I'm looking at you. I can see it if I. But my first instinct is like this is like a YC on this logo. Yeah, if it didn't say Jagex at the bottom, I'd have no clue what this was trying to be. Yeah, imagine the, the Jagex wasn't there at the bottom. Like, w would you be confident that was an X? I mean, it could be an X, but it could be a YC. It could be something else. If Jagex weren't there, I would think it were a logo for some company that runs nuclear reactors. Because that's <laughs> what it looks like. Illuminati, Illuminati confirmed. I think they also said they were doubling down on RuneScape, too, with at least Jagex. I mean, they might do some other publishing stuff. But, I mean, Jagex has tried publishing a handful of games in the past. Actually, quite a few. They they went with a lot. They they even had their own, like, browser strategy game. They had a, a whole bunch well, of obscure games, and none of them really caught on. They also had Planetarian, which, prior to them buying it, was very successful. And then they bought it, and it wasn't so successful. 
Rip. It's tough to buy a company. Usually the people who make that company awesome end up leaving unless you like pay them boatloads of money. So it's rough. You know, um, like I said, I only watched 20 minutes of the documentary so far. One thing I learned, and I uh, guess I should have known this already, but is a lot of great games, a lot of independent games uh, were made on with Java. Uh, Minecraft and uh, RuneScape, you know, both small, you know, time uh, developers, small teams, I should say. Uh, and really great games that really scaled. I think Java is a great platform, I guess, for uh, scaling. Like the, n- the number of people that can log into a Minecraft server or a RuneScape server on day one was quite significant. And uh, the only thing, you know, I guess restricting it was, you know, plugging in more PCs to host more servers and players. <laughs> so there you go. Pretty remarkable. Java is a great well. platform. Something never said by any software engineer ever. That's you know you know what that's why I was that's why I just came to that realization today because from everything I know about Java was it's you know it's a, first it's outdated right two it's just you know I don't know I've just heard horror <laughs> stories but if you look at the results you know the results speak for themselves you got RuneScape and Minecraft two huge cultural sensations in gaming RuneScape is probably uh, Minecraft is probably like one of the biggest games period one of the best-selling games of all time i think it's like number three on that list after like tetris and mario <coughs> mario that's doing something right Must before be. we uh change gears so i want to i want to show you guys my new uh my new investment all right man i'm curious what you think about my retirement plan i'm working on over here i actually ended up buying two of these items on the steam marketplace as a speculation i'm going to squirrel these away and they're going to be worth tons of money in like five, 10 years. All right. I'm going to, I have two player unknowns trench coats for uh, player unknowns battlegrounds. These were, a, these were a limited time item that you would only get if you pre-ordered the game and pre-orders were limited quantity and they sold out very quickly. I'm not sure how pre-orders sell out, but they sold out. So there's a very limited quant- finite quantity of these items in the game. I bought two of them for $80 each. Do you guys think I made a wise investment? I think you like gambling too much. <laughs> I just what I'm looking at right now. I can't get you to buy a certain ten. I couldn't get you to pay eight bucks to try XSplit for a month, but you bought eighty-seven dollar <laughs> digital jackets. Two, two of them. Two of them. There are yeah. real jackets that cost less than a quarter of that. Okay. Yeah, I bought. I bought. I bought the matching bandana as well for forty dollars. Okay, so I have two jackets for eighty and a bandana for forty. So I spent you have problems. On, That's I what I think. And I should also mention, I have never spent more than $80 on an entire outfit before. Okay. I'm talking the most expensive <laughs> shirt I have is like a $15 shirt. The most expensive pants I have is like $30 jeans I bought at Costco. Okay. Now, I, I usually buy $10 jeans, but the $30 jeans I bought at Costco were the most expensive I ever bought. All right. So I spent more money on digital clothing for a player I know as I did on any of my outfits put together. But listen. Here's my here's my theory. Listen, Matt. These are a limited quantity. Uh, I've seen Alpine stats for Dota 2, rare items in Dota 2 uh, increase in value. Only the limited time items, not the bullshit ones you can get from the from the crates. They've typically increased in value. My bet is based on that. Player unknowns, I think, will be a very popular game even a year from now. I think more popular than it is today. So I think the value will go up. I mean, I could lose. They might be, you know. Who knows? They might re-release these later in different like boxes or something. It's a speculation. I was thinking about actually buying more. I was thinking of pulling out the credit card and buying ten of these as a speculation. And I'm like, you know what? Two is enough. I spent two hundred bucks. 
I might kick myself for not buying more later, but I'd rather have that problem than feel like an idiot if I spent like a thousand bucks and it all goes to zero. Is this Bitcoin regret? <laughs> yes. Making up for missing Bitcoin? I, 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 I've had a big regret for missing out. I, I, I could have made millions on Bitcoin, but I was I was, I was was a baka and I didn't because I didn't get in on it early enough. So that's well, my you regret. Know what you should do? List them right now for a thousand dollars and just <laughs> wait until they sell. They might. I have them. Somebody might misclick. Also, <laughs> what's crazy? I think there's a thousand people trying to buy them right now, and only a hundred of them on the market for sale. And right now, it's too early to tell. We'll revisit this if I'm a retard or a genius. All right. This is the is Omar a great <laughs> investor or a retard section. We might come back to this in the future. Erhan yeah. said the uh, misclick thing, and I'm sitting there like, "Honey, we're not going to be able to pay the mortgage this <laughs> month. I accidentally <laughs> bought one." thousand dollars instead of 80 <laughs> you know and actually in the, in the financial you know history financial news history there are many cases of fat, people fat fingering and losing their themselves or their company you know millions and millions upon millions of dollars so it does happen uh, here you go actually it's a great article i think um i can share this on here it does happen Matt. It's pretty ridiculous here's the article from uh the guardian about a Japanese broker makes a 380 billion uh, pound fat finger trade. When they say fat finger, they actually literally misclick. And they make some absurd mistakes. That's crazy. Which is pretty nuts. Yeah. So things like this do happen. Where somebody means to like they, they mix they mix mix up the numbers in their in their head and they put it down incorrectly. Uh, I you know the hey. well speaking back of the the Steam marketplace, I love the charts they provide. You know, they really give you a history here. If you look at the the price of this coat, it's been pretty stable for the past, you know, week or so. Um, so we'll see. We'll see where this goes. But, you know, if I'm reading this chart correctly, you got you got a long way ahead of you. Yeah. I mean, again, the game is still fresh. I say give it. The, the beauty is I think this genre, this Battle Royale genre, is hot and it's going to be hot. It's a fun game. And this is the guy. He's the ice frog of the genre. This guy, player unknown, he knows his shit. And th this game has got his name on it, all right? He's not going to skip town and make another game. You know, he's done it like twice already with Armor Mod and H1Z1 King of the Kill. Oh, I, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. The moment that Richard Garriott put his name on something, it failed hard. <laughs> That's true, right? That's a bad omen, but so far it's going well. So far it's going well. Don't worry, I got somebody in the Twitch, Twitch chat saying, I'm from the, fu the, the future, Omer. You're going to make a killing. Good, see? That's, that's a sound investment right there. When somebody tells you they're from the future, you trust them. <laughs> Always good advice. Uh, I've actually had a pretty good luck in the Steam market myself. Um, I started playing Dota when it was, you know, very new. Uh, Dota 2, I should say, on Steam. And one of the items that dropped back then as a random drop when you p finished a game was something called a Time Breaker. So I got one of those. I held it for years. Eventually, it became immortal. Uh, I, I guess st it stopped dropping. Um, mm -hmm. I, I remember selling it for several hundred dollars. So, wow, you know. So Dota's supposed to be free to play, but actually I got paid to play it. <laughs> that's, the way, that's the way I look at it. It's like free money coming down, raining from heaven. So I, I know speculation required. It was just, it was just a random drop for me. Even better. Requires nothing. I, <laughs> I just wish I pre-ordered the goddamn game. You pre-ordered the game for 40 bucks for the digital deluxe edition. You get the combo. You can sell for 200 bucks actually. The uh, open chest that comes with it is worth 200 bucks. So anyone that pre-ordered player unknowns, you got that chest. Go flip in the marketplace for 200 bucks. You get a free game and 160 bucks left over. What a bing. Good deal. Actually, you know, I was questioning the the <clears throat> whether the market was really worth Steam's time or headache. And you, you mentioned a really interesting fact about the cut they get from the market versus the cut they get from, from selling the game, like Players Unknown. So if you want to 
talk about that for a minute. Yeah, it's pretty pretty ridiculous because I, I think you guys know that Steam gets about thirty percent of the of the sales on every game they sell on Steam. So when a game like Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, a thirty dollar game, any thirty dollar game sells on Steam, they'll make about what thirty percent of uh, of thirty bucks, about a third of that, about nine bucks, right? Nine to ten bucks they make. So I, I bought the the trench coat, for example, and of that trench coat, they get they get they get a, a cut from every single sale. I'm looking at my receipt right now. I paid um, I paid 80, 85 bucks for my one of the trench coats I bought recently, and of that cut, the Steam Marketplace made about a four dollar fee, a four dollar fee off that cut. So that's about like half of what they make on the game itself. They made just from a, a second market transaction, and this requires like this is all margin for them. It's it's literally nothing. Yeah. So basically, Omar bought two trench coats, right, and two bandanas. So already, Steam or Valve made more money off uh, those four transactions that just Omar did uh, for those items than they did from selling Omar the game, uh, the player unknown's battlegrounds. And when you think about it, that one trench coat Omar has, he eventually is going to resell it, right? And the guy who buys it will resell it, and the that guy will resell it, right? It'll keep churning in the in the market, and every time it trades hands, uh, Steam is in the back, you know, taking this cut. So over the life of the of player unknown's battlegrounds. That w each trench coat is going to make much, much more money for Valve uh, than the, the sale box sales did. That's crazy. Actually, take a look at the screenshot I just linked over there. Maybe you can enlighten me what's going on here. I gave you the Steam transaction fee, which is about four bucks. But there's also something called the Player Unknown's Battleground fee. Is that a cut that the game is actually making off this? Probably, yeah. It's a win-win for both Steam and the game company, mm -hmm. which is pretty nuts. So there's a big fee built in over there. Wow. So everyone's making money. Everyone's making money here. Yeah. So this Capitalism. Is such a big business for Steam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big money. This is Illuminati business right here. Somehow, see these these sneaky uh, globalists. They trade hands. These 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 products change hands. Everyone gets rich, and all our jobs go to China. <laughs> I guess. I those, don't know. those are related. How? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> ties in with me being a degenerate gambler let's let's let, let's move away from uh, uh, speak, my speculation oh, i'll keep i'll keep it somewhat related here speaking of marketplaces like steam's here uh microsoft has been longingly watching other people make money off their platform so they decided to add a marketplace for one of their biggest titles minecraft minecraft is owned by microsoft they paid 2.5 billion dollars for it back in 2014 or 15 and just Later this year, they will be adding a third-party marketplace for Minecraft. What that means is if you're an approved company, uh, you will be able to sell stuff like that you make, like maps or like, I don't know, mini games or tools or I don't know, whatever. You, I guess worlds, whatever it is you make in Minecraft these days. You can sell that stuff to other players and you will get a cut. You know, uh, the, the content creator will get a cut. Microsoft will get a cut. Everyone makes money. So this is uh, everybody wins. everyone wins, and this game has 120 million players. So a third-party shop like this, uh, I think it's gonna make you know a lot of money for Microsoft. But isn't Minecraft's audience typically younger? I know a lot of you know kids play that game. I mean, obviously adults play it as well, older people play it as well, right? But yes, there's such a big chunk of their audience uh, as. But then again, Roblox is typically aimed at a younger audience too, and don't they make it killing? <laughs> I mean, well, you're forgetting one thing: just because a kid is playing the game. Uh, you know, it doesn't mean he's the one paying. He's gonna be like, "Mommy, yeah, mommy, mommy!" You know, give me ten bucks. 
And then, you know, Minecraft keeps the kid quiet for 10 hours a day, right? So the mom's going to be like, all right, here, shut up and be quiet. Or, 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 or you're missing the key part, you know, instead of going, mommy, mommy, can I give you 10 bucks? You, it's just, that's where mommy keeps her purse. You reach in, you pull the credit card, bada bing, all right? There's a little tutorial on the, on the Minecraft page how to do it, all right? Uh, maybe. I mean, I'm sure that, I'm sure that happens, <laughs> but I, I don't think uh, they have to resort to that. I, I think know. they will make millions off this. And a quick caveat, though, which is very... I didn't know about this until I wrote this article. Uh, this will only be for something called the Pocket Edition of my, Minecraft and the Windows That's 10 edition. edition. So the original Minecraft was made for on Java, and that is a version still being sold uh, if you go to Minecraft.net. But if you go through the Windows 10 store, if you have Windows 10 installed, or if you download this on Android or iOS, you get a different version of Minecraft called Pocket, uh, which I think has everything, has the same stuff but is, is built on a different platform, not Java. I don't know if they ever plan to merge those two. I, I don't know. Maybe if there's any Minecraft pros in our community, they can fill me on, fill me in on this and leave a comment for me to read. I, I still, and we talked quite a bit about, uh, you know, <laughs> online gaming with Mirage and you were pissed off about how small the player base is. Uh, Freaking Minecraft, the biggest Minecraft servers have a thousands of players on them. I think there's those, those you know, so I think there's several like 20, 30,000 players connected at once. God bless Minecraft, all right? They got the scale. Yep. <laughs> Java, guys. You got to figure it out. Make your game on Java. Oh, it's Java. There 2017, you go. Java. Let's bring it back. <laughs> yeah, with all, all right. the security exploits and everything. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I kind of want to talk a bit about Master X Master. Uh, mainly because I've been playing a little bit before we actually hopped on podcasts as well. I was on that just before we started playing. Uh, I'm actually enjoying it. I played a couple of rounds. And it's actually uh, the only MOBA I've played recently where I actually enjoy the 3v3 mode a lot more than the traditional 5v5 MOBA. Like, wow. typically when you're playing a MOBA, you got the whole, like, 5v5, you got the base, you got the minions. Like, that process, right? And honestly, I thought that was pretty boring in Master X Master. But the 3v3 is freaking fun. It's just, you open it, and you just, it, it feels like Battle Right, but with tag team action. Like, that's, like, the only MOBA I've played. That had the three v three done right, where it's something different and that's fun. I, I could actually see that being more popular even than the five v five. I feel like wow. if you guys haven't played that, we should definitely give that a try. I am uh, down to play uh, next time you want. We can stream even maybe. All right, sounds good. Mm-hmm. We got the three amigos right here. We can stream it sometime. Yeah, I have to re-download it. I completely forgot. Yeah, it's it's a thing. I forgot about it too for a while, but then they emailed <laughs> me I'm like. They gave me a free founder spec, so really? thanks, NCSoft. Yeah, oh, I got a free founder spec. No, be great, NCSoft, like, if you can give us two more. <laughs> I was like, you know, I, I don't mean to sound ungrateful, right? But like, usually when we get founder specs, they usually give us like the, the best founder spec, right? I mean, because it doesn't really cost them anything. It's a digital product, right? I'm happy with whatever they give me, obviously. I'm always like, hmm, I wonder which version they gave me. There's like a $20 one, a $30 one, a $60 one. I'm like, I'm hoping for the $60 one. And they almost always give us the highest tier ones. But no, NCSoft gave us the cheapest one. I'm still thankful, but just I think they're the only one that's ever given us a founder's pack that's not the highest tier. <laughs> Even though that sounds pretty ungrateful, but I still thank you guys. I still appreciate it. <laughs> What's that saying? But next time, give me the higher one. Don't, don't look a gift enough. horse in the mouth, guys, all right? That's true. It's, it, it's not free enough. <laughs> Anyways, um, so... I want to talk about something that has irritated me in the past week. Uh, Battlefront 2 was announced, right? 
except Battlefront 2 already exists. It came out in, what, 2006, 2007 now? Um, and it's just irritating because this is what happens when you reboot a series and you don't think, okay, you know, this already existed at one point. So now we have Star Wars Battlefront, which is the new one, and then Star Wars Battlefront, which is the old one, <laughs> but instead of Star Wars Battlefront 2 being on its own without, like, you know, anything hindering it, now we have Star Wars Battlefront 2, the new one, and Star Wars <laughs> Battlefront 2, the old one. And it's just, I don't understand why they would do that. Here's like, the question. Does the new one use Roman numerals or the number 2? Roman numerals. Oh, I was going to try to find a weasel out for them. <laughs> like, this isn't 2, this is I I. <laughs> But I can't do that now. <laughs> no, but it's just weird. And here's here's the real funny thing. Is it going to make it to Battlefront 3? Or is it just going to like fizzle after 2 again? Is Battlefront 3 actually going to happen this time? Or are we just going to have an entire series of renaming Battlefront and Battlefront 2 for eternity? I, I think it will. Only because uh, Disney is pretty serious about milking Star Wars forever now. And EA has the Star Wars license, and they're gonna milk it along with Disney for forever. So that's my that's my bet there. Uh, and speaking I mean, of these renamings, even Battlefield One, right? If you don't, if you didn't know any better, if you didn't follow the gaming news, is is this the first Battlefield? Is there gonna be a two? But there's already a two, so this is like a prequel. I uh, don't know any game at all in which they put one in the title for the first game. Yeah. Not a single one. I, <laughs> exactly. I can't think of it. So I'm pretty sure that people knew. I really hope really? at least. I don't know. We'll but, see. No, but, but who? if you make a game series, why would you call it like... Why would you put one at the beginning anyway? It sounds pretty dumb. That did well. And then, well, one's doing good, so... Yeah, and I mean, th this isn't like a new thing. This is a recurring thing. Like, they've done... They did it with Tomb Raider, the reboot, too. <laughs> the only reason... That anybody possibly knew the difference is because they had Tomb Raider Definitive Edition, which had all the DLC included for the new one. So uh, <laughs> you could tell that it wasn't the old one because it was the Definitive Edition. That just sounds like a remake. But um, I don't know. I just get really bothered when they do this. And I, I really hate the idea of just attaching the year to everything because it's just they should have made it like Battlefront 3 and 4. You know, you, you wouldn't... Yeah. if you wouldn't have gone back and made Star Wars 4, 5, 6, 1, 2, 3 a New Hope series or something. You know, no one would have done that. That's just dumb. But um, I, I don't know. Yes. It just bothers me. Are we running out of game names? You know, think about it. Uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. You know, <coughs> I mean, it's obvious Battlegrounds would have been a better name, right? So maybe it was already taken, though, by something. Like, maybe they couldn't use that. Who knows? That brings up a good topic too. Do you what? What are some other games you know with pretty awful names? I mean, there's got to be more. I mean, <laughs> we've done this a bunch of times. We, we've done this so many. Yes, times. yeah, we have. <laughs> I'm thinking. For, I, I, usually, we get MO names that are pretty bad, like not the shooters and stuff, but like MRPG wise, I don't think I've seen anything too bad on the MRPG front. Mm, I don't know. There's been some pretty bad MRPGs. All right. <laughs> I still think if you want to see uh, bad names, see the localized English names for really long Japanese titles. Because I'm sure they made sense in Japanese. 
But as soon as they localize them and they do like the direct translation rather than making it like make sense, mm -hmm. it's just a mess of what does this even mean? Like, <laughs> hey, my favorite is still uh, Ghost in the Shell First Assault. Yes, Something there you go. That's complex. a bad name. That's just bad. It's the problem. It's just too long. It's like stupid long. It's just like it's cringy how long of a game <laughs> this is. Is the game still in beta? Who knows? No, I'm pretty sure it launched. All right. Try to copy and paste the name. Just this is this is really something else. That is the full game name. A plus right there. Class. Also, I think you you told me earlier your yeah, your pet peeve is when a when an MRPG puts the word online at the end randomly, like Soul Worker Online is like we people start calling it that even though it's not called. Soul Worker Online, but it just people put the word online in, it kind of catches on. I feel yes. like if you make an MRPG, unless you had a series before, like that's not an online game, putting online at the end doesn't really serve any purpose. Exactly. I agree with that. Uh, another pet peeve I have is games where the name, let's say it's two syllables, right? Two words. And sometimes it's connected, like War Rock. And some people will have it listed as one word or two words. You know, depending mm -hmm. on the site. That triggers me, too. Um, Maple Story is okay because the devs always use it as one word, right? Mm -hmm. But even Maple Story, is it two words? Is it one word? It's, I don't know. I don't like it. Uh, it should be clear. The name of this game triggers me the most. Arpeel. Why is there a colon in the middle of it? Why? I have no idea. Please. Why is there a colon? In the middle of the word. It's the most nonsensical thing I've ever seen. You did an explanation. Uh, yeah, I don't mind. All right. And then, like, I f we feel like an asshole because we put it on the website with the stupid colon in the middle. And people, if they're cursory looking over the games list, they'll, they'll, they'll probably take these retards, put a colon in the middle. They probably typoed it because they're retarded. No, we didn't because there's a goddamn colon in the middle of it. And we had to put it there. <laughs> but at first glance, that totally looks like a typo. <laughs> Why else would that be a colon there? I'm also against uh, subtitles overall. Like uh,. I mean, for example, you were telling me League of Legends had a subtitle. Uh, Shroud of the Avatar actually has, is that, that's not the full name. It's Shroud of the Avatar Forsaken Virtues. So you have, you, I don't know. I'm just against subtitles in games. But don't those subtitles just kind of set up uh, like the ground for expansions? So they can say like, you can use the it for patch. name can be at the end. You can use it for patches, right? The name. and But mm -hmm. that's not the way it works. They launch with a subtitle. Often. Uh, but it's been dying. They've been dying out. And it's probably because they're just confusing. What was the subtitle for League? Because when you mention it, I can't, I'm thinking about it. Something of, something of Fate. Arena of Fate. Well, no, Arena of Fate is a different game, isn't no, no, it? No, no. Arena of Fate is a whole new MOBA. <laughs> Arena of Fate is a... Wait, what is, is a, fine? We, what have, is... We, have, we have a game review page for Arena of Fate on MMOs.com. Right, what I'm was a... the subtitle for League? Yeah, see... It... I'm go. I hit random visual novel a few times on VNDB. Yeah, basically look at any direct translations of Japanese names if you want bad ones. It's oh, <laughs> right, right, I found it by the way. It's Clash of Fates. So League of Clash Legends, of Clash of Fates was the full name. Uh, so yeah, it never serves any <laughs> purpose. Don't use subtitles. Use use subtitles for your patches. You know, like Ungo, you know, back to Ungoro or whatever in Hearthstone. Journey to Ungoro. Journey, yeah. yeah. Ungoro. 
Actually, Hearthstone. Yeah. Hearthstone is yeah. a subtitle. They got rid of it. It was like something of yeah, Warcraft. Hearthstone Heroes of Warcraft. Yeah, yeah. They ditched that because it was obviously retarded to have a subtitle. They should have just made Warcraft Heroes. Mm, no, I think Hearthstone works. I think Hearthstone works. It's a little cute. I looked at uh, Arena of Fate because I remember you, you kind of mentioned this. Did up you say Hearthstone is cute? Yeah, the name. The hearth, you know, it's got a little... How blue. is that cute? It's like, a, it's like a rock with like a blue rune on it. Yeah, it's cute. I don't know about cute. It's it's a thing. I don't know about cute. <laughs> Cardstone. Look at uh, <laughs> Reno Fate. Uh, the last time we heard about Reno Fate was in 2015 when they had their first round of closed beta testing, and there wasn't a single bit of news since then. What do you guys think? Is the game dead? Well, you know who makes it's like Arena Crytek as well. It's exactly. I was gonna say I've been I've been doing Crytek homework uh, an hour ago for fun, and not only is this game dead. Uh, they actually sold off the studio that was working on it. <laughs> so, Alright, rest in pepperoni. Yeah, they're they're definitely fate. dead. We had a game page up for this and everything. You know, people are searching Reno Fate on Google. Game is done, though. Rest in pepperoni. They actually got sold off to uh, Sega. Sega now owns the, <coughs> the Crytek Black Sea. Uh... Studio. It's now called Creative Assembly Sophia. Uh, there you go. You know, Sega, Sega's on point. You know, we're talking about uh, trench coat investing earlier. Sega's a great investment, all right? They got that Persona 5 going. They're going to be making some mad bank off that, all right? They own. Um, they own who makes it again? Atlas or something? Pers Atlas. Persona. Is, and Sega, Sega owns, owns uh, Atlas. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Sega oh. Games owns Atlas. I mean, Persona's not going to move the needle anyway. They're like a $4 billion company. They sell a couple of million copies. Ain't, ain't no big deal for them. All right. All right. They should make a Persona and more RPG. Thoughts? I don't think so. I don't really have the financing for I, that. I, I, I don't think it would work either, but just... Mm. They should make a Persona mobile strategy game. All right? M mobile uh, game of War clone. Boom. That's where the money's at anyway. They're going to make a mobile game. Not a game of War clone, but I think they're going to make a Persona mobile game. Somebody said they had one. Uh, they're talking about Shin Megami Tensei uh, Mega Ten. Imagine Online. I don't know if that's a Persona. That was a Shin Megami Tensei game, but it was... I don't know. I didn't like it. It just felt weird. Do you know they had a Tails MMO? That I didn't No, know. I didn't. Did they? Yes. They had a Tails MMO. Did, did it actually launch? Yes. It was only online for a year. Oh, they had private servers? Holy crap. I want to try this. I think it's Tales of Eternia Online. Yeah, so that existed. It's people are, I'm Googling there's a private server for this. That'd be awesome there if there was. So, actually, oh, there is not. You guys actually incidentally really tied this whole discussion in very well. This, uh, this Shin Megami Tensei MMORPG had the worst name on ever. It was Shin Megami Tensei Imagine Online. Also known as... Imagine. Also known as Megaten. I'm not sure why it was called Mega Ten, but there you go. Mega, Mega Ten, Mega Nine, Mega yeah, Ten. So this, this is this is a this is a, a great example of an awful Sh name. Shin Megami Tensei is uh, known as Mega Ten. Oh, okay. Anyway, horrible, horrible, horrible naming. <laughs> oh, the vi longest video game title ever, according to Kotaku. Let's see. It's a Japanese title, so. Oh, Japan. Oh, it's like the guy wrote a paragraph. It doesn't even count. 
I don't even count that, Chester Smiles. That's like a joke name. Speaking of uh, Japan, all right, we gotta we gotta mention the quality. I don't know about quality actually, but Record of Lotus War Online uh, launched this last week, and actually we'll be doing it for Grand Fest Friday. Oh, committed. We said on the podcast we're Excited. committed. All right, it's a uh, it's a doozy. Take a look at it if you guys haven't. Let me link, let me link this to you. I did. Oh yeah. Uh, I think, think I know that game. game. Uh, uh, Record of Lotus War. Yeah, the more PG. I barely played it. I've barely it's played it. It's so weird that like this game launched in 2017. But well, they said they wanted it to appeal. They, they said they wanted it to appeal to older fans of the series, which had maybe watched the anime in like the late 80s when it first started, or read the books in the late 80s when they first came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of why. It, they launched it like this. They thought it would appeal more to that. And I also think it harkens back to the original Record of Lodos War game that came out here and can't the the Dreamcast one. It's not the original. That's a really dumb way to say it. But um, the Dreamcast game, which was a hack and slash in the vein of Diablo. <laughs> so I said old fans of the series is a fancy way of basically of saying a cash grab for old... Uh nostalgic whales for gamers but it just it, it really honestly just felt like a reskin of redstone if you ever played redstone uh, i actually do like the look and feel of record of lotus war online i mean it's not going to appeal to everyone but having grown up with like you know older games i think the graphics look fine and i like this top-down isometric view but i, I the problem was it disconnected so often they had such shitty servers that you would just dc it to reconnect like every 10 minutes but that's just weird because the game is a Big enough player base to cause server instability issues, which is odd because when the game launched, like the website was unbelievably laggy, so only dedicated fans could even make an account. Because making an account and getting that confirmation email took hours. Most people lose patience, right? But no, people persevered and they logged on to play. So I, I was amazed that people actually played this game. I mean, they've had like no marketing, like literally none, and people are finding out about it. I mean, I, I don't know if it's just the people that are. Fans of record of Lo- the Lotus uh, anime or JRPG series, or people that, that just played Redstone, because I imagine the LNK Logic developer probably is of cross marketing with their other game. I think it's a mix. It's it's fans of the series. It's just people who want to try every new game, you know. And you guys don't believe me, but I really do think there's a lot of people who are just fans of of this style, art, isometric game style. Like it's just so easy on the eye. Like that's probably why I think I like Path of Exile so much. When I went back to it, it's just, I'm so familiar with this style of game. I know how to navigate this world already just from looking at this video. But when I play modern games, it's like I have to relearn it so much because, I don't know, the 3D just really, my mind, my mind's not ready for it. Your brain can't handle 3D. <laughs> my brain yet. can't handle it. I just say, it looks quite relaxing. I, this look, it looks, there's something like the color palette too. It's not like overly bright. The way like some games are, like cutesy anime and it's like really in your face bright. Here the colors are a bit more mellow. It looks very. There's something nice about it. I, I just wish kind of the game played a little bit better. That, that's my only concern. But maybe uh, we'll play a bit more on Grindfest Friday and see what we all think at the end over there. Sounds like a plan. They also went with that classic uh, zero customization, like a pure customization should, uh, thing. You guys should look up footage of world bosses. They look pretty insane. In Lotus War. Yeah. Cool. 
Uh, well, while we're uh, doing this, <laughs> let's talk about what other games we played this week. For example, uh, Last Man Standing. Oh God, not that, not that hot mess. <laughs> so it's a it's a free to play uh, shooter. Battle Royale game. Battle Royale game. Let me see if I can find the Sunday Fun Day. I, 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 it's not up. It's not up. I'll, I'll link you something. Okay, it's not up. There's what? only one reason that you should play Last Man Standing. And that's if you're too cheap to pay for like H1Z1 or Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. There's literally no other reason to play Last Man Standing. It is literally just a battle royale mod for Infestation, Aftermath, Shattered Skies, whatever the fuck he's calling it these days. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you, Matt. Uh, as somebody who played a shit ton of Battlegrounds, I wanted to like it. But like it's janky and wonky, and the combat felt really off. And even the animation just felt cheap. Like some of the when you when you punch, it just looks absurd. Look, it was a functional game. You could launch it for the most part and play it. But and people do play. It, but I'm, I'm curious if anyone will be playing this game uh, like a month from now. And if it does, I'll be surprised. What does H1Z1 cost now? Has it gone down at all in price since it came out? King of the Kill. Let me look. And fine, nobody plays uh, Just Survive anymore. Everyone just plays the Battle Royale game. It's 20 bucks. 20 bucks. Okay. I'm not sure if the price ever came down or not. <laughs> if, the, if the price ever comes down for some of these games, uh, for in sales or whatever, whether it's uh, H1Z1 or Player Unknown's <laughs> Battlegrounds, that will really take people away from Last Man Standing. But I do think there are people, especially in you know, developing countries like Brazil, <laughs> who will play the free option. And here's why, guys. Look, there are still people playing War Rock. That game is awful, you know? There's so many better, even free shooters today, but there you have it. So I think this I think this guy was smart to jump on this niche, this whole Battle Royale niche. I think this will be his best performing game uh, for a while. Yeah. War Rock, though, that's a quality game. Player base declining, unban all the hackers, great idea. Get the player base up again. <laughs> All right, so I'll see you guys. We don't want to talk too much about this one. We also played Fantasy Star Online this week. Uh, Fantasy Online 2, more specifically. Mm -hmm. and, uh, My game decided it was going to update last, like, <laughs> even though I'd updated previously, uh, and I wasn't able to play. Well, I mean, you played. Just, I do want to Just say, not, on the, yeah. not on the stream with us, but you, we, we all played it, yeah. I do want to say I enjoyed the game quite a bit. Uh, for a long time, it's a game I kind of avoided only because like it, it's not available in English. I didn't want to go through the process of making an account on the Japanese version or toggle a VPN for the Southeast, Southeast Asian version. So I never really got around to playing it before until Matt recommended it for a Grindfest. And I was pleasantly surprised by that game. I mean, people always said it was a pretty solid game, but I figured like because it never launched in the West, it must not have a big market. But And I don't think it's super popular in Japan either, but it, it felt like a solid game. It Great animations. It runs fluidly. It, it has no great in-game dances and, and cute cosmetics and stuff. Like it was just a really solid game. And I actually plan on streaming a bit more of that later. I do plan on doing a first look video for that. And most I'll be doing it like not right away. I won't show character creation. I'm gonna be doing it like level twenty, level thirty, or something. But I thoroughly enjoyed that game, and I think it's uh, it's really sad that it never launched uh, in the West. I feel like that game could have done well here. Also, the graphics are really nice for a game that launched five years ago. Yeah, it looks this, really nice. For it's a time. 2012 game, and when I heard, uh, you know, Matt and Omar wanted to do this for Grindfest, a, a Japanese game with servers in Japan, the fan patch and all that, I wasn't very excited. You know, I was like, well, whatever. What, what, what am I going to get now? 
but I was very pleasantly surprised. And if you guys are hesitating, like I was, because it is a, a foreign game and you got to use a patch uh, to, to translate it, you know, don't don't worry. This is this is the best, uh, I guess, foreign game you can really play at the time at this moment. I would recommend this over even the blessed Russian server, only because the translations for the Russian server are bad. There's you know lag issues. This optimization game, issues, yeah. optimization issues, I should say. This game was smooth as butter, butter even from Japan. Uh, the translations were fine. There was some stuff missing, but uh, you know you could get around. Uh, the game is smooth, and there's one server, server two, which is I guess for the foreign community for English speakers. So I think most people I saw were actually speaking English. So that Everyone, wasn't a problem. Basically. Yeah, that wasn't a problem. Um, and if I if I remember correctly, the reason it's so smooth is because it's peer to peer. And oh. it means it when you're in like PVE and you're playing with other people, it doesn't really it's not affected by how far you are from the server. Everything is like or no, it's a lot it's not peer to peer, it's client side. A lot of it is done client side, like mm -hmm. the hit detection and everything, if I remember correctly. Okay, I think that's it. So um you don't feel the lag, even if there is lag. Are we allowed to show like uh, penises from Fanny Star Online Two on stream? If we are, show this. I, th I think it's allowed in the context. All right, this is. Well, it's in a game, so why not? You know, it's in a game. Twitch is all about well, you games. You log in. Yeah, it's about games. There you go. You go to the hub world and you see like some Mexican music playing in like really loud. You see some uh, Doge faces. You see people spamming penises. You know, it's a quality game when you can do this kind of stuff. All right, A plus. Plus the in-game. Uh, <laughs> there's there's the in-game waifus are, are great. Solid character. Honestly, the character customization in this game was some of the best I've seen in uh, MMO. To the point where I actually went back and updated our list of uh, MMORPGs with the best character creation. And I put this on the list alongside stuff like Perfect World and Black Desert Online. So it's it's got some great uh, cosmetics and whatnot. Plus, you can spam penises. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of the character creation, actually, one thing I loved about it was uh, during character creation, there's outfits you can try on. Right? And a lot of games do this. They tease you. There's all these different outfits you can try on. But when you start the game, you know, you just start in peasant clothes. And none of the outfits you saw in character creation, you know, you don't start with those. In this game, you actually start with, with the outfit you select at the beginning. I was, I was blown away. I was very impressed. <laughs> but don't don't here, show me stuff I can't use. No, here, here's the real uh, killer kicker for me that really, you know, sealed the deal. You could actually adjust your breast orientation. What game lets you change the tilt and angle of your boobs? Like, it was X, Y axis. You got all the axes, right? There's, there, was, there was so much control. Like, they really took their time. And like, okay, we got to let them their breast orientation, too. Like, why not? That shows you the level of detail in Fantasy Star Online, too. All right? Give the game a try. I thought it was a lot of fun. We have a nice... Uh, Matt wrote a great guide on Amos.com for it, too, on how to play it in English. So, if you haven't ever played it, it's definitely worth. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the few foreign yeah. games that gets the Altai seal of approval. Whatever for yeah. whatever that's worth to anyone. <laughs> Highly coveted Altai seal of approval. There it is. It's worth some debt. <laughs> it's got that negative. It's got that negative. <laughs> no. Oh, speaking of free to be ESO is free to play this week as well. If you never played it, that's a great chance to uh, give it a try. It's had numerous free weekends though, hasn't it already? Not numerous, but I think like maybe one or two. If you have two, it's numerous. If I have two, I'm, I'm well, giving myself I mean, even one. Even one is a number. It's a numeral. <laughs> so. But numerous implies more than one. So one is, I wouldn't, I wouldn't count it. 
You know what else having a free weekend actually, which is pretty actually almost like insulting right now? Battle Right is having a free weekend. And I feel insulted by that. I'll tell you why. If you look at the game page on Steam, it says free to play until April 16th. And I think Battle Right is a great game. If you never played Battle Right, it's worth checking out. But this game was supposed to be free to play. Like they said, in early access, we're going to charge you money. And then in Q1 of 2017, when the game launches, it'll be free to play. But then, like, what the frick? How is it supposed to be? Like, it, Q1 is already passed. Q1 has ended in March. You know, Q1 is January, February, March. And now it's, you know, almost mid-April, and the game is still not free to play. And it was supposed well, to be free to Well, it is free to play. Much. What are you talking about? It is free to play. It's free to play till April 16th. There's a temporary free to play. Well, they never said how long it's going to be free to play, did they? <laughs> Guys, the, the, the target changed. They now have an official statement saying it'll be late 2017. And really? I mean, I, I think, yes, it's oh, it's on the forum somewhere. Yeah. So, oh, I mean, it's an official statement. And I, I think people get too hung up on what people say originally. I mean, development targets change all the time. And that's the danger with saying it at all. But if you don't say it, you can't build hype. That's the problem. So... I mean, you just got to take it with a grain of salt. Until they give you a specific date, it is not set in stone. You don't treat it as it's set in stone. You just roll with it. If it gets delayed, it gets delayed. The The reality is it's on early access right now. You can play it if you want. It, it's just, it's not that big a deal to me. I want you to know as an American, I have the right to be outraged over anything, all right? And don't you dare try to take that right away from me. Can you guys right? believe I, that not, airline kicks somebody that... off? I'm sorry. I won't go there. <laughs> I, I, you have the right to be outraged, and I have the uh, right to think you're being unreasonable. Uh, I am. I am. I demand my right to be unreasonable and outraged at all times. All right. Anyway, I think Battle is a great game. I only have 25 hours invested in the game so far, but because uh, I was kind of waiting for a lot of my friends who didn't pay for it to kind of like, you know, just get it and play it for free. They were all kind of waiting. Oh, Q1 was only like a couple, like two months away at the time. And now it rolls around, and it's still. But it's free to play now, so you can play with them anyway. Yeah, we're just ribbon. We're just ribbon battle, right? You know, it's not like the always yeah. a free game. But uh, yeah, they say Probably late not. 2017, it'll be free now. Uh, so if you haven't tried it, play it. If not, wait till 2017, end of 2017, play for free. I think the. I mean, well, yeah, battle right's not really a traditional MOBA the way MXM is. But I mean, MXM is basically battle right, but with tag team. So that's it's it's doing a lot of fun original stuff. I have hope for a Master X Master. Really? If they fix some of the... Look, there's there's one thing that really nags my gears, and I, I got the DL on it right now, okay? Like, you can actually, uh, like, upgrade your weapons, which is weird, because, like, think of a MOBA, but you, if you upgrade your weapons, they're, like, weapons you get outside of the game, and they permanently just increase your stats, and you can upgrade the weapons, like, four times each. So in order to upgrade them, you have to, like, play the PvE or just grind the PvP. But I feel like if you have upgradable weapons that impact stats it's going to piss off a lot of people i think people want to play their mobas without having to grind for like stat inducing stuff like stat changing stuff in game because if you lose to somebody you'd be like oh that asshole's got better gear than me and you feel like it might be unfair that's like the only part of mxm which i feel like might leave a bad taste in people's mouths that they have to grind the gear grind the materials to upgrade your weapons you gotta master the grind but the master the grind but i think the actual gameplay is solid and it's really the first moba which is really innovative like it's not just fucking a couple of new heroes non-targeted gameplay no you, you literally tag team it's amazing it's 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 genuinely fun and it's got so much 
death because you have 30 heroes, you bring two to the battlefield, and what's cool too is I think like League and Dota, right, where there's four abilities, right? So you basically have your left click, your right click, and your ultimate, and you have two other abilities, your Q and your E. But you can actually, every hero has four Q and E abilities, right? So there's four abilities, but you can only bring two to the battlefield. So even in mirror matchups, your opponent may have different abilities than you because he chose to have the other two abilities maybe or a mix and match of the other four abilities. So every character actually has like multiple ways, like different builds on what skills he brings to the table. So it's pretty nuts how much variety there is in that game on top of being two players at once, swapping you know, between them, get a tanky character, get a ranged DPS, switch between them. It's crazy. And, and God bless, at least they're doing something a little bit different. So good job, NTSoft. Hopefully good job. Uh, it pans out though. Good job. You got the Remo seal of approval on uh, MXM. Wow. Assuming you fix the goddamn weapon system. Don't make the weapons upgradable for PvP. Keep all that nonsense in PvE and separate the PvP stat-inducing stuff. People don't want the stats in PvP. Don't ruin that. Keep that separate and you have a great game. Uh, somebody asked, is ESO worthy? Uh, it's free to play. Give it a try. Plus, Matt played the most ESO out of all of us. I think uh, he's had some kind words for it. Yes, some of the boss mechanics are some of the best I've seen in like any game, and I've talked a lot about that before, but the dungeons are really fun. I'll just leave it at that. Let me ask, don't the weapon upgrades apply only to PvE? No, the actual skill upgrades. You can actually increase the damage of your skills individually with upgrades as well. Those are strictly PvE. However, weapon upgrades do apply for PvP from what I've seen, and even the nodes apply for PvP. So it's kind of like That's the opposite the of uh, League of Legends, where uh, you have masteries that affect your in-game damage, <laughs> which is kind of like a skill, passive skills. I it's still not grindy though. It's just, I still it's grindy the way. What? How are masteries not grindy? Because those are account specific. Once your account gets level thirty, you can you know. You okay. Have and how many games does it take to get to level thirty in League of Legends? A lot. Okay, so it's grindy. But the, <laughs> yes, but here you okay. literally have to grind every single character. Every character's weapon upgrades are separate from other characters. Okay. So, as are their skills, if you want to do the PvE stuff, right? So you have to actually level up every single... You have to play so much, get all the materials upgrade, every character's weapon. Every character has three weapons, too. And you can kind of alternate between them, switch them out whenever you... In between games. So you have to level each of them up to their max if you want. It takes forever. How long does it take? But you... Well, luckily, if you can... Well, it depends. If you, I think if you do PvE, it's more efficient. Mm -hmm. But you can actually grind the PvP medals and exchange those for the materials as well. It's like more or less time than getting to level 30 in League. I think I think it takes a lot more if you assume level 30 on everything. Okay. Because remember, there's 30 characters. You have to max out yeah. three weapons on each one. All right, fair enough. That takes so much more time. But yeah, I, I don't think the League's mastery system is perfect. Either. I think I think you should have all that stuff from the get-go, including yes. the runes. Yes, if you I had the runes, then it's just customization. Have all the runes. Yeah. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I, I, there, I, anyone that defends the, the, I think the leveling up system in League is nuts. I've been playing that game since beta. It just, it just, I, I hate the fact that you don't start with all that stuff in the get go. That me thing. Getting every rune is 100% pain. I, I, I agree. You can just grind for it, it takes forever. Oh, before we get too far oh, we off. Update on last week's. Oh, go ahead. Oh, okay. I was going to oh, say, with, yes. with PSO too, the Southeast Asian server shut down. Uh, no one cares. It was not yet. Oh, it will shut down. <laughs> it's gonna but shut down. Yeah. No one cares because uh, it was apparently behind on updates. Uh, the cash app costs more, and uh, Japanese one is better. So there you go. 
and it had a crappy translation. They referred to the Force class as Wizard. Like, what? <laughs> Everyone knows Wizard. Come on. People are asking, can anyone play Master X Master? I was told the beta, closed beta is an instant accept. So if you apply for the beta on the official website for Master X Master, you can, anyone can get in. So uh, if you want to play the game, check it out. And what I was going to uh, say earlier is uh, a small update on what we talked about last week as well with uh, Ship of Heroes. Uh, the game pulled their Kickstarter. Maybe they heard us bitching about their Kickstarter campaign. I doubt it. But probably because they weren't able to get... Uh, too much money. I think Matt said they, they got $30,000 in the first week, which is not bad. No, first two days. First wow. two days. 35000 in the first two days. But I think uh, a lot of these games, you have they get all the hype from the get-go, and then it really the funding really slows down. If you don't get like close to your goal, if it, it falls off. But they said they're going to keep working on it. I think there's a tentative some kind of release date for some kind of alpha, some kind of something as late 2018. So the developers are still pushing on but I was not impressed with what I saw in their Kickstarter video. Hey, not every Kickstarter can be ukulele and get funded in 40 minutes. <laughs> gotta, gotta, gotta milk the old school hype, right? But then again, they are trying to mix the old school. They're trying to, they're trying to get the old heartstrings from City of Heroes fans. But all the <laughs> City of Heroes sympathy already went to uh, City of Titans. There's no, there's no money left over for these guys. Oh, there's money. There's just no sympathy. <laughs> there, yeah, there's neither, right? But yeah, this is uh, they're gonna be working on it. Maybe try again, but I'm not. I I was never too optimistic on this one. That logo. <laughs> some, some quality graphic design there. Yeah. Uh, for now, later for ship of heroes. <laughs> what else we got? Oh, um, Marvel Heroes is coming to more consoles, right? There's some news there. Yeah, they're going to be removing a lot of content. Uh-oh. They're going to be removing a lot of content and calling it Omega, and you will not be able to transfer your progress. As far as I'm aware, it won't be cross-platform because they're removing content. Like, uh, I think the idea is to add it back eventually, but it's not going to have, like, even half of what the PC version has, if I remember correctly. Wow. Hmm. Only if I, I remember correctly. Mostly. I think uh, the most successful one of these uh, console MRPGs, PC to console, is going to be Black Desert when that launches. Oh, I think yeah. like the game is going to make uh, make a shit ton of money on consoles. I mean, it, it just seems like the any action MRPG I feel like could be you know made for console really well. Uh, there's no release date on that just yet. Just they're going to be working on it, and there's no even tentative release date. It just they tweeted before they're working on it, but we have to wait a while for that one. I better get a free copy. I, I've spent like $500 <laughs> on that game. At this point, they owe it to you. They should just give you a free copy if you have the PC version already. I mean, Terra is going that route as well. Neverwinter is already there. Were there any other, uh, con any other PC MRPGs going to console that was announced recently besides uh, Marvel Heroes? Oh, I feel like uh, every action game is going to go there. Passive Exile is, but I think we mentioned that before. I probably mentioned that. Yeah. Any of those games? Games are, I think, any action MRPG is really good for console, and they're going to make bank. TVO is my, is my, is my pick. Yeah. If it were. I still think BDO is going to make tons of money on there. But I mean, never. Would, I mean, most of those are free to play. BDO is going to be uh, 
Well, who knows? Maybe we'll be free to play by then too. I still maintain BDO will go free to play. You still owe me by a then. red lobster dinner. I, I do owe you a red lobster dinner. I, I I'm like an internal inter a statement for myself. I think BDO goes free to play by the end of this year. Really? If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Don't you think they're gonna make the council I'll players first? True. They, they they might as well do that too. But I mean, yeah. they might go free to play for console too. Yeah, Omer, I do accept gift cards. Oh no no no! So he's got his, the part of the part of the reward is sitting with uh, Omer while you eat the dinner. Oh yeah yeah we have to we have to while we eat those biscuits. All right. <laughs> all right, then you're flying uh, you're flying me out there then. No, Matt Matt, we'll be we'll be halfway we'll be halfway all right in between uh, Las Vegas and Nevada and, and you know, yeah we'll, we'll right, if you want to pay for more tickets then go for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's half the price to fly half the distance. That's how it works, right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, before we get too derailed, uh, speaking of PC to console, <laughs> there's uh, at least one concept or genre that's trying to go the other way. We got Dauntless, which is trying to be the monster hunter for PC. Uh, this game has started selling its founders packs, actually. Uh, and uh, I, I've actually never played a monster hunter, but I've seen people play. I have friends who rave about it. It's basically you give these giant weapons and you got to take on these big monsters in very tactical ways. It's almost like... To me, it seems like a lot like Dark Souls. I don't know if this is correct or not. Maybe you don't die as fast. I don't know. But you basically you just strafe these monsters. You figure out their patterns and you slowly take them down. Um, apparently, it's a big, big game, Monster Hunter. So we'll see if this one can capture the magic and bring it to PCs. I think there's a lot of hype behind that game. We already have. Uh, we already have Monster Hunter on PC, just only in China. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we do have it in China. Unfortunately, it's, there's no English patch for the, the Chinese game. And there's no English patch for Moonlight Blade either. A lot of the Chinese games, Actually, it seems yeah. like. <laughs> it's kind of funny because there was an English patch for Monster Hunter Online. And it was condoned by Tencent. And then Tencent went and took all the files that they were able to use. And they encrypted them. So, they, <laughs> they fucked them over. The... Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunate. I'm still waiting for uh, Moonlight Blade for eventual NA uh, release. I feel like the announcement we got like a while ago, it's been a couple of months already. I feel like that announcement was such a cheesy announcement. It was like, it was mentioned <coughs> in, Chi in, like, in Chinese that they're going to do an eventual global release. And there was nothing like, I don't think they put anything on their own website announcing it. It was just like mentioned by some guy talking in a background for a trailer. It was like such a sketchy announcement or like a sketchy third way of saying it, like in a silly indirect way of saying it. But Given how popular Revelation, even how good, decent Revelation did, I think Moonlight Play would uh, do much better. Dollars does look good, yeah. And Dollars will be free to play when it launches, too. I think their uh, first round of alpha testing, well, their closed beta testing will be beginning in this, this summer. And if you buy the Founders packs, the most expensive one, you can play even before that, like the Founders alpha. So probably right before summer begins or the beginning of summer. But uh, no exact wording on that just yet. But at least it'll be playable. Something will be in your hands uh, this summer for closed beta. Well, yeah, people uh, people were getting up in arms about this, and I'm not entirely sure why. I didn't look into it, but if I'm remembering correctly from what Akizio was going on about in Discord, it was something like there's an item in the Founders Pack that increases the rare drop chance from like 1% to 2%. And I'm just sitting mm -hmm. there like, Okay, people. What the fuck? 
Hater win. I have a feeling this, they're going to take the battle right approach and uh, take their sweet time going free to play as long as the money's coming in. I think so too. Anytime your founders packs are selling like hotcakes, you have such an incentive to just like wait, you know? Mm -hmm. But I do think that that's the best business model though. Uh, the founders pack model of having, I guess, maybe like a somewhat stretched period of alpha or closed beta, even a head start for open beta where you have to pay to access. And the company can make the most money that way. You know, get anyone that wants to pay for it, get the initial upfront money from all the dedicated players and then get all the cheapos later, you know? Because the benefit of free to play is you do get all the cheapos who might spend money later. I mean, some people just won't play a game unless it's free to play. And some of those people will end up spending tons of money, but they, for whatever reason, won't pony up money up front. I think it's the best business model, though. Western Malware Bites found some, uh, some, some naughty stuff from mine.com. I, I think a lot of, a lot of MRPGs, they have like, they, they, they usually come with, uh, like the patcher, the installer, like has stuff that uploads, like constantly uploads the installer to other people. The peer-to-peer -peer downloaders, a lot of them do that. I think Area did that as well. So it's not uncommon to have uh, some. Not uncommon to have spyware, yeah, with your games, you know, these days. <laughs> I think League of Legends had it for the longest time as well. So even the big, like a lot of big games came. Oh with, yeah, yeah, uh, Pando Media Booster, right? That was the name of that one. Yeah, that's just Pando it's Media Booster, good. guys. You guys remember that? Good times. So the founders packs but here even, are what, $40, $70, and $80. So there you go. I'm curious the distribution of purchases will be. I feel like the the middle founders packs are like the least bought. Like the cheapos who would just want to play the beta like as, as soon as possible. I mean, they'll either buy the most expensive one or just the cheapest one. Like who's going to buy the one in the middle? Either you go all out or you go cheapo. There's no room in the middle for it, all right? Yeah, and they really they 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 pull a lot of gimmicks here with the with the top one. Okay, so they show ninety nine is the price, right? But it's crossed out and it says eighty. And it's like it's, sale, boy. it's, it's like bolded and orange. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's only what ten dollars more than the middle one. So I think I think they're gonna sell a lot of these eighty dollar ones. The thing that grinds my gears the most is those fake sales. If you ever been to like CyberPower PC or any, like some of these big custom PC websites, they have like. There's a five hour, there's like a three hour sale right now, and the time is like ticking down. And when it ticks down, it just restarts again. Like it's these fake sales to make you like push you over the edge to make the purchase. I don't know if you guys ever saw that before, but a lot of websites have done that in the past. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a never ending sale, but it refreshes when it ends, but it makes you think like, oh shit, I gotta order now. I, I hate those. Those, those always nag me. I've never really given them another thought. <laughs> All right, anything else, boys? I don't like them. Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I've been playing uh, quite a bit of Persona 5 this week, though, so it's kind of kept me off of... Uh, I was going to play some more PSO2 after our Grindfest video, but uh, I've been addicted to, P to uh, Persona 5 lately, so that's been eating up most of my time. It's nice, nice. I recommend, by the way, top-notch game. If you like uh, Persona, definitely buy Persona 5. All right, I have a few uh, conversation conversation points for the post game, but uh, first, any other uh, related news to cover? Nope. Nope. All right. Well, let's move on to the post game, guys. Uh, we can talk about Persona a little bit more there, and uh, a little bit more about Xbox Scorpio. <laughs> All right. Take care, oh, YouTube. Nice. Later, YouTube.